Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they are doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Of course, that's H-E-A-R. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there at nowhearthis.biz, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. And be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment. Maybe we should just shorten that and call the podcast NHTE. My guest today was nominated for Best Live Country Performer in the 2013 Nashville Independent Music Awards. Her new single, which you've been hearing, is called The Light. You can find it on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify, and other online retailers and streaming sources. She plays guitar, plays drums, sings, writes her own songs, and just happens to be extremely attractive. Please welcome Alyssa JC. Alyssa. Oh my goodness, that's an introduction if I've ever heard one. So here's the cool thing. Um, Alyssa's on with us uh, right now from Nashville. Um, but Alyssa, you are originally from San Diego, California, or as Ron Burgundy would have me pronounce it, San Diego. That is uh, very true, all of that. Uh, born and raised San Diego, yes. Yes, but um, Alyssa has a very interesting story. Uh, we are going to talk on this podcast about where she is today and, and her many accomplishments, but just kind of fill our listeners in, because for as accomplished as you've become in a short amount of time, Music wasn't even really your your big destination, and I'm talking like not that long ago. You you were like big time hip hop dancer that that you were working on. You you sounds like you someone did their homework, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll start. I'll definitely start with that. Uh, let's see. So all through my younger years and growing up, from about four and a half to through college, I was a hip hop dancer. I did also jap ta- uh, jazz tap, jap taz, <laughs> ballet, swing, lindy hop, um, lyrical. And I moved to LA in two thousand and late two thousand and three to what I told my family take my dance career more seriously. <laughs> and I was working three part time jobs. One of them was a server, like cocktail waitress, at a place called Gotham Hall on on third. Third Street or Third Avenue in Santa Monica, and they started to have karaoke on Wednesday nights. And before their very first karaoke night, they told me that I needed to sing on opening night. And it's just coworkers that heard me sing to myself, friends that heard me sing to myself, and I'm just like, you should, you should really try singing. And I just always laughed at everybody because it's never anything I ever thought about. Picking up an instrument's never anything I was passionate about. So in other I've words, you been- you would kind of walk around singing, but just like the way that. A lot of normal people do. You weren't you weren't doing it knowing like, hey, I'm a good singer, but dance is more my interest, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and writing. I've been writing since I was young, but poetry. Never wrote any songs. So I was 
I remember this night very well. I was literally forced onto the stage. I didn't, I was really <laughs> nervous. Um, <laughs> and I sang Life Goes On by Leanne Rimes. That is the first song I've ever sang in public. And I got off stage and I remember loving it. I remember being on stage, like thinking that I didn't sound good, but having such a great time performing. And I got off stage and I went to my one of my tables that I was serving and it's just one woman by herself and she's like, Oh, that was really good. You know, where can I buy your C D or see your next show? And I laughed at her. Like, I, I mean I don't mean to be rude, but I don't sing and I don't write songs, but that was a one time thing and you'll never see that again. And you mean I, you didn't tell her I've I have one in my car, it's a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that just kept happening. I mean, long, I guess long story short, that just, that kept, I got addicted to singing karaoke and I started to sing on a weekly basis. And every time I got off stage, someone would say, can I buy your CD? Where can I see your next show? How long have you been singing for? And I'd always say, um, you know, this is, I just kind of do this for fun, but do you know anybody in the dance industry? Oh, I see. So I tried to keep going back to dance, but it just didn't work. So after a year of hearing the same thing over and over again, I finally just December of 2004, I called up a producer that I knew in L.A. I was like, look, I know you know me as Alyssa J.C. Uh, I was modeling at the time a little bit too, so a model and dancer, choreographer. But do you think you could record a little EP for me? And he's like, well, do you have any songs written? I'm like, well, no, but I will. <laughs> So one month later, I found myself with a handful of original songs. I probably wrote about five or six um, and just started recording and singing. And like that turned into my second CD that I released three months after the first one. And um, just writing and writing and writing and I picked up guitar nine months after that or ten months after that. And that just led into a bajillion other things that I'm sure we'll get into. But it started by complete accident. It was all karaoke's fault. Yeah, and, and you know, this this podcast, um, you know, I always talk in, in, in the intro about the fact that we want fans of yours, uh, Alyssa JC fans in this case, and fans of, of people that just like listening to good music interviews to, to subscribe to this podcast. And, and also, mm-hmm. though, the, the people who are up-and-coming musicians – uh, you know that that are looking up to people like you to learn about how they've achieved some level of success and 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 the important thing there that I want the listeners to pick up on is that you might have a vision for what you're going to do and in your case Alyssa it was well I'm going to be a dancer you know and you might you might almost fight it well I know I sounded good up there in karaoke but that was a fluke uh, do you know anyone in the dance industry and so for the listeners that are listening and, and saying well I know I'm going to be this great Christian artist someday you know be open to the fact that. You might want to be that great Christian artist, but by golly, if you end up being a country artist, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world either, or a pop artist, sure, or whatever the case sure. is. Absolutely. And so, Alyssa, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk during this podcast um, about gosh, so much that that she has done uh, is is doing and, and where she's going. But um, one thing in particular, just just because we we were um, talking about San Diego. I, I like I like that when you go back there, Alyssa, because as I said, uh, listeners, she is in uh, she is in Nashville. I like that when you go back there, it's not just all social time, hanging out, visiting people like you. We we were talking off air, um, listeners. Uh, Alyssa and I were uh, about just being a real tireless worker, and so Alyssa, you make sure that you work your contacts back home, so that when you go out there, you can still play at different places too. I mean, just because. You're originally from someplace, listeners. That doesn't mean they'll automatically book you anywhere. You've got to continue to nurture those relationships 
back there for when you are ready to go back. Right, Alyssa? Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree with that more. I absolutely agree with that. And I think that no matter what you do in life, you should constantly be reconnecting with people that you've met along the way. I mean, just cause. So in a little bit, um, I, I, I want to shift the, the, the geographical spotlight to Nashville now. In a little bit, uh, we're going to talk about the the reorganization uh, of all things Alyssa JC that you just revealed uh, about a week ago. As far as where you will and won't be spending your time, but for right now, you have you have only been in Nashville for two years. Yet you have accomplished so much in that short amount of time: hosting writers' nights, uh, getting the uh, as I mentioned in in the introduction, getting the Nashville Independent Music Awards nomination, um, and let me breathe here because the list goes on. Starting your own mentoring service, playing live shows, of course, writing and recording new music. <sighs> that's a that's a healthy list. And the last time I checked, there are still only twenty four hours a day, twenty four hours a day. So the answer the answer that I would conclude, Alyssa, is hard work. But tell the listeners, how did you do all that in such a short amount of time? Only two years in Nashville, of all places. Thank you. Um, I did not know I had this side of me until just before I moved here. And it's never going to be something I'll be able to explain very clearly. I'll probably stutter along the way because it's more of a feeling than anything. And it's exactly like what I felt when I decided to become a singer. I will never forget that phone call December of 2004 when I called that producer and I said, I want to be a singer. And nothing... I mean, I've had that feeling with 100% intensity ever since that decision was made. And there's nothing else in my life up until that point that I've ever felt that way about. And I, when I felt that way, and since I've continued to feel that way, it's like flashing signs that I'm doing the right thing. And I've never looked back. And moving to Nashville, I had that same feeling. I had thought about it since my first trip in 2008 and going back again 2009, going back again 2011 and spending six weeks here. And I left my Jeep. I'd driven across the country in 2011, left my Jeep, flew back, broke up with my boyfriend, got rid of my condo, and moved without having a job, barely knowing anybody, and had savings in my account. And I was like, I'm forcing myself into something that I've never done before, and I know I'm going to make it work. I don't know how exactly, but I just know it. And that was the second time in my life that I've ever just had that, that strong feeling you're going to be okay, but you better work your butt off. So um, moving to Nashville, I just was, I was on 100% intensity every single day. I met as many people as I could. I played as many shows as I could. I kept connections. I've always been very personable and respectful. And I think that helped in my capability to continue going back to some of these venues. I got a lot of, um, what's the word? Like when when I'm selling CDs and I'm making tips from from performing, it's it's like good encouragement to keep doing what you're doing. And I've continually over the years heard you're doing the right thing, you're doing the right thing. And even yeah, a, a lot of, of mine, a lot of uh, positive affirmations. A lot of positive affirmations. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, guy that I met in 2005 at another friend's show who signed to Virgin Records. And he and I have kept in contact over email. He's on my newsletter. And every single month that I, or when I send out newsletters, he writes back 
like congratulations on what you've been up to. Keep it up. Everything you're doing right. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And I've never had anybody tell me what to do, but I've always heard that I'm doing the right thing, whatever it is that I was doing at that time. So, uh, I guess so. I hope I'm not going around your. Well, it's a, no, it's a good formula because because what you just mentioned there, getting these positive affirmations coupled with the determination that you've had, and 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 like you said, up and going there, saying you know what, this is going to be tough, but the only person that can control it is me. Right. So the, the, thus the thus the hard work that that you have put in. What's what's hard to say because I I couldn't play guitar when I first started. I, I wasn't playing any instrument. I was writing pretty crappy songs in my, I mean, in anyone's opinion, probably. I was writing a lot. I was just starting to write, and they're not that great of songs. And my voice was less than mediocre. And so to if to come across somebody now who was at my stage when I first started, it's hard to, to tell that person, like, you know, no matter what, you're going you're gonna to be fine, or even to think that way if you are that person, if you're in my shoes. But there's just something that's always told me and it's not about fame. It's never been about being famous. It's just about working hard and getting to wherever that was going to lead me. Yeah, and and we're going to talk later in the podcast um, about uh, about levels of success. Um, I want to focus though on the fact that you know we just talked about how much you have accomplished there in Nashville in these two years. But but despite all that, it's just another credit to your outgoingness. You know, you've you've not gotten comfortable and said, okay, so you know, I'm all set. So instead, you've even been playing shows and, and dare I say, with some degree of regularity in Alabama too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For for quite some time, I've been playing at a at a place in Madison. Uh, let's see, my first show was probably in 2011. There, just when I was here on tour, and then. They liked me so much, they had me keep coming back when I moved in 2012. I was playing there twice a month last year, and this year I was like, thank you so much for the opportunity. You're my favorite venue I've ever played at, and you have <laughs> my favorite fans that I've made. Literally, they are the just, oh my gosh. It is. I didn't really know what real, like, hardcore, true Blue Crew fans were until I started playing at this venue, and the same people come every single time. They're always wearing blue they're buying CDs for friends. They're mouthing back my lyrics. Wow. And, but still, I can't. I was, I'm comfortable, right? I got to this place of comfort zone. I know how much money I'm going to be making to help me sustain my living. But I, instead of playing 48 times this year, I'm going to play four. Uh, and just so I think you're probably, we're probably getting into the out yeah, of the we, comfort we zone. Yeah, we are. But yeah, but you know, still again, again to those listeners who are uh, aspiring to be uh, Alyssa JC or, or even, uh, you know, Christina Aguilera, Bruno Mars or whoever, you know, just, just, it's all about not getting comfortable. You know, there's always room to grow. There's always other opportunities. And just because you're in Nashville, you know, Alyssa has just testified to the fact that, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of stuff going in here, going here. But look at, I branched out. I went to Alabama, and it ended up being a, a great place. Uh, I am Bruce Warzniak, by the way. My guest is Nashville-based singer-songwriter, the lovely Alyssa JC. Check her out at www.alyssajc.com. 
and that is A-L-Y-S-S-A, and then J-A-C-E-Y. Be sure to buy her music, too. Her stuff is great. Uh, make sure you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. Sign up for the e-newsletter and subscribe to this podcast. Alyssa and I are both uh, Alyssa and Now Hear This. It is our all-over social media, so by all means, uh, interact Facebook, Twitter, all over the place. So, Alyssa, I had uh, Shauna P. on as, as my previous guest, and we talked about this, but the listeners who are musicians and are contemplating going to and maybe even moving to Nashville need to hear it from more than one source. So that's why two podcasts in a row, people are going to hear me bringing this topic up. But as someone who did it just two years ago, talk to them, Alyssa, about the do's and don'ts of going to Nashville because, you know, I give clients those talks and, and likely I'm with them when they're going there, but but that's from a manager perspective. So let's hear your thoughts and experience from a singer and especially since that city is overflowing with them, a songwriter sure. perspective. Okay. Uh, absolutely do play several times a week and absolutely do not hinder yourself from you know saying that oh that venue i'm better than that venue or that venue's too little no you play every everywhere you can and meet as many people as you can um definitely do write as much as you can co-writing for me has not been something that i have fallen into like the world here in nashville is uh it's so so deeply involved with co-writing and when I first moved here, that's all I heard about. It wasn't even, it's like as often as you see a Starbucks on the corner, you, you hear, or 10 times that much even, so you know how often they talk about it. It's all about co-writing, and I tried it. It wasn't for me, the constant co-writing, but I'm suggesting it to you uh, because it is a huge part of this town, and it will help you grow as a writer, and I'm, I'm probably going to get a little bit back into it this year. I've taken a break from it, but I would say definitely do at least test the waters uh, maybe with 30 different people with co-writing. Uh, do not burn bridges. Don't be a pessimistic, egotistical type artist where you think you're too good for anything or anyone uh, don't badmouth people on Facebook. It'll get back to them, just like <laughs> probably in anything. Uh, and a lot. Part of what I'm doing with mentoring is trying to help mold the artists of who they are on stage. Because off stage, a lot of people that I work with, they are just so people that you'd want to hang out with, but then they get on stage and they freeze. So I would say, really, I would say, do work on your your stage presence. You come and see shows here. And yes, it is the Music City mecca of all these different talented people, but so many of them get up on stage, like barely say their name, close their eyes the whole time, play their guitar all like hunched over, and they're not entertaining in the least. And they might have an amazing voice, they might even have a really good song, but they are boring as all heck to watch. So certainly do work on your entertainment, your live entertainment aspect. Now, a moment ago when we talked about Alabama, you mentioned something that I think before we proceed, we ought to clarify for the listeners. So I'm not even going to do a big setup for this one. I know what it is because I, I did it myself when I came to see you play in Nashville a little ways back. But I want to hear you tell in your own words what the Blue Crew is and why you encourage people to wear blue when they come to see you perform live, because that's a neat story. It's a neat program that you have. 
it started one year after I started singing. So it's 2006. Um, I've always been, always, 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 my whole life been very into the color blue. And like all, I've had four cars. They've all been blue. Apartments been blue. I, I have a thing about like staring at the color a lot. I just think it's beautiful. And so as I got deeper and deeper into the music industry, uh, I happened to also. Uh, well, okay, so I came up. I came up with something called "Bring the Crew and Wear Your Blue." So, I want I want people to come to the shows wearing the color blue, and that's all it started off as is just me wanting to see my fans show up in blue, just like me. And I wear blue to every single show. Um, when my grandma passed away in two thousand and five, it was the year I started singing. Uh, I. I said to myself, I've got to somehow give back to Alzheimer's and she'd pass away from Alzheimer's uh, when I start making enough money to do so. So several years into the industry, I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe what I could do is connect the two things. So not only bring the crew and wear your blue to have fun and wear blue, but now if you do it, I'm going to donate a dollar from every ticket sale or CD sale to the Alzheimer's Association and that'll be my way of giving back to my grandma. She never got to, and everyone else, of course, uh, she never got to see a show. She passed away two in, in February of 2005. So it was like literally one month after I started singing. And um, so now I just, I, I've been raising money for the last three years and I send them a check every month. Awesome. I love it. Thank you. Now, so I know that a week ago, you announced that you're making a major shift in what you will and won't be doing. But uh, talk first about time management, because with you, you've been booking and promoting yourself, but you've also got to determine, uh, do I write some songs now? Should I play the drums? Should I make phone calls or send emails? Your, your, your days surely fly by quickly, so you've got to maximize every moment. True. I, I work over weekends. I work at night. I work in the morning. I Whenever I feel like one thing needs more attention than the other, I jump on that. And I don't necessarily take time off uh, outside of you know maybe an hour for lunch, a couple hours for dinner, or going to play a show, or go, well, that's really not even taking time off. But I just, I just, I work all the time, but not to the point where I don't want people to think like, oh yeah, she's just saying that she works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's not true. Uh, but I do time management wise. I look at what I am excelling in and what needs a little bit of help or something to be tended to. And I work on that and it's kind of, it's always obvious to me what I'm falling back on. And so, uh, that's why I'm such a big advocate of making goals and not only just making them, but writing them down and just getting after them one by one, just like a little checklist. We're going to talk uh, in a little bit about um, some specific songs that you've written, but Alyssa has put out a lot of music, and you're, you're hearing uh, the great story behind her that she's not actually been doing this all that long. Uh, it probably feels like it, but um, because you've put out so much music, you, you've, you've done crowdfunding before, or some people call it crowdsourcing. Some listeners are probably familiar with the likes of Kickstarter or Rocket Hub, and there are certainly plenty of others. Do you recommend crowdfunding? Do you not recommend it? Like, who should do it and who should not do it? Hmm. Okay. Do I recommend it? Yes, I do. Uh, who should and shouldn't do it? Everybody 
should try, but there's just a specific way of going about doing it. Now, you have performed, and, and this number, because you've performed so much, this number might already be significantly enough outdated that um, it's going to be conservatively low. But you have performed, and I, I, I warn you, I'm about to uh, blow your horn for you here. Uh, you've performed over 800 shows, including having played, listen to this, folks. She has played with Paula Cole, Sean Colvin, Bruno Mars, Joan Osborne, and Sophie B. Hawkins, and there are more, by the way. And you've got one video alone on your YouTube channel that has more than 10,000 views. You have publicly stated that you are living your dream. I admire the heck out of you, and it's cool that you're so happy (laughs) with where you are, even though you're not a household name. I mean, those are awesome accolades, and and it's something that you should be, and I know you are proud of. Um, But but I, I want you to talk to the listeners of this podcast who are musicians about setting and hopefully achieving their definition for success in music. Um, I'm going to ask you to repeat that last part one more time because I feel like I was just trying to go back. I'm like, when you when I heard you say the number thing, I'm like, ah, oh, how many shows is it? But I, I will say, <laughs> well, you know, in other words, in other words, those are those are awesome things that you've done. You know, that you've performed with some some huge names and you've done well over 800 shows. Um, but at the same time, uh, you've already, you've already stated publicly on many occasions that, you know, you're, you're happy with where you are. You're living your dream. So you, so to you, you have your own definition of success because you, because you've stated that you've reached it. So just, just kind of talk about that, that, you know, that musicians, you know, have to set for themselves what their definition is, because I always tell potential clients, look, if we're going to work together, I need to know what space you want to work in. If 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 we're here in Tampa and you just want to be uh, a weekend warrior, uh, to use a, a overused cliche, um, and and that's fine with you that you're just playing here in Tampa, you know, a couple weekends a month or whatever it is. That's fine. If you want to become a national recording artist, I just need to know working with you where you're trying to get to. What is what is your level of success that that you want to achieve? And and you've defined that for yourself. And I think that's probably why. You're so happy because you're not putting this extra pressure on yourself. Okay. Yes. De- okay, good. I'm glad that you're asking this question uh, because first I want to say that every everyone's definition of success I, is probably different. A lot of people, it's, it's, monetar- it's monetary. Uh, for me, while that's a part of it, it's not ever – and being famous for some people, that's not what it is for me either. Being successful for me – uh, number one thing is just really not slacking off, just working hard no matter what level you think you've gotten to. And that's why you'll always see me get out of my comfort zone. I only just spent one year being a self-sustained artist and I'm already, I just, like, I don't want to say I, I quit, but I, I quit or left 80% of my paid gigs to shove me back into a, com- a, a non-comfort zone, shoving into my... Um, something different so that'll make me grow as a person and as an artist. So uh, my definition of success is constantly pushing myself to the next level and um, being, being able to move to a new city where I might know a handful of people and one or two venues that I've played at before uh, moving here with no job lined up and figuring out the system in my own way is is success to me and being happy like 
I am so, I'm so I'm a happy person regardless. I moved here with a smile on my face, but now it's like my cheeks hurt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we can hear the smile on your face just doing this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I am Bruce Warzniak. Listeners, my guest today is Nashville-based singer-songwriter, all-around great girl, Alyssa JC. Check her out at www.alyssajacy.com, and that is A-L-Y-S-S-A and then J-A-C-E-Y. Be sure to buy her music, too. It is great stuff. Uh, make sure you are also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R for the uh, spelling challenged. Uh, now hear this dot biz. Sign up for the e newsletter. Subscribe to the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This to give a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. So Bruce's bonus is for those of you who are doing everything yourself, like Alyssa is, have good communication skills. That means both written and verbal. Don't use texting abbreviations in an email, and please don't start it off by saying, hey, and that is Bruce's bonus. Uh, Alyssa, we all know that, uh, those of us in the music business at least, we all know that house concerts are very much a mainstream thing nowadays, but you have done a different type of quote-unquote house concert. Tell people about stageit.com and what you've been doing on there and how you have found it to be beneficial. Part of how I designed how I was going to be self-sustaining was to do a weekly live from my living room or live from my blue room, whatever I was calling it, um, show every Tuesday night. Uh, and this was back in 2012. Um, and I'd have a guest on maybe two times out of the month and then I do two solo. And that was my way of, of helping me live. And I, I prefer, I prefer that because it's such a, it's a great thing for the artist. I feel like it's very amazing for the artist, not necessarily using stage it specifically, but anything that allows you to connect with fans online and perform for them while the artist gets to reap the benefits of connecting with them, sharing new things with them. Um, you make tips, you, they have to buy tickets to see you if you want to charge for tickets. And it's just such a cool personal thing and uh, and that was that was one of the things I I did to help myself you know just kind of get to know other artists as well by asking them to join me and that was also a way for me to connect with their fans specifically when they'd promote it and they would connect with my fans so it was very much a win-win all the way around yeah and I mentioned uh, Alyssa's website a few minutes ago uh, you will, when you go on her website, you will see those shows listed on there uh, when you can watch her perform live online, uh, in most cases, uh, from your own residence. So that's that's really different. It's really neat. And, and on the flip side, you've not only gotten to play at a hard rock cafe in Hawaii, but you also played at a hard rock cafe in Italy. How, yeah. in, the, how in the world did you make that happen? And how cool was it playing over there? Okay. I love telling these stories. I have three specific stories, which I know I, I can, I could get, this is a very, a topic I'm passionate about because I, it, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And you'll hear me repeat that a lot. I just, I feel like I'm the best example of 
someone who came from a nothing background doing what many people in this industry wish they were doing. And I, a lot of these people are far better than I am in so many of these categories. So um, where I shine is getting these types of shows. Uh, to answer this this particular question specifically, and then I want to share at least the Honolulu one with you, if not sure, the third one. Sure, sure. Um, my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law, moved to Italy just for the for the year of 2012. And I'm like, oh, I better go visit them before they move back. And they're moving back February of 2013. So it was around you know, three months before they were moving home. I'm like, I bet, you know what? I've never been to Italy. I would love to play there. I better buy a ticket and go. So I went specifically to visit my brother and sister-in-law, but they just so happened to live walking distance from the Hard Rock Cafe in Florence. So all I did was walk in there and I said, hey, I'm here for you know seven days. Uh, I would really like to play here. Who do I contact about booking a show? And they're like, oh, well, so-and-so's gone for the night. And I said, well, yeah, that's, that's fine, but what's their phone number or what's their email? I want to contact them. Well, I can get you their contact information, but, I mean, we're booked for the whole week. But if you want to come back in a couple months, well, this is Italy. I'm not going to just turn around, go back home, and buy another ticket. And I was waiting for you to say that because I I was going to assume that they would have told you we're we're not only booked this week, but we're booked for a long time yet to come. So please continue. Okay. Thank you. So um, I was like, just just for, for fun, give me the person's name and email, please. So I got their information, and the second I got back to my brother's place, I got online and I emailed them. And I gave them a brief description of who I was, a very brief description of my background, and how badly I wanted to play there. And the very next night, I had a show. Mm. I didn't even have a guitar with me. Oh, they gosh. The band that was playing that night, they let me borrow their guitar. I could just, I just awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. And and so then what about uh, Honolulu? Hard okay, Rock? so the Honolulu thing, very similar, except for I was there for even less time. And this was three years ago, or coming up on th- three and a half years ago. Uh, I was on the big island, and I flew to Honolulu just for two nights. I flew in one night, saw it just to hang out with a couple friends, and they're like, oh, guess what? We've got a new Hard Rock over here. You should check it out. I'm like, you're dang right I should. <laughs> So I was, I'd literally been, I had landed maybe an hour and a half previous to that. We happened to be walking around and I walked right into the, to the hard rock up to the second floor and asked the the manager there, Hey, how do I play here tomorrow night? Cause I leave the day after tomorrow. And they're like, yeah. uh, okay, well, um, first of all, we're booked. Second of all, we're booked till October. And this was back in like June and, or July. And you know, you can't just walk in here and assume you're going to sure, play. I don't sure. really know who you think you are. Like they gave me that specific attitude. Sure. And I was like, that's fine. You know, I understand. But, um, knowing that I don't take no for an answer, especially <laughs> like that, I asked for the booker's email and, and, um, name. And so I got back to my hotel that night. I wrote them an email and I ended up waking up to a response from them saying, when does she want to play? Yes, we'll pay her. Cause I asked to be paid. And, she can have this set all to herself, and yes, we'll comp her meal and blah, blah, blah. Outstanding. Outstanding. Now, um, I'm going to go off my, my list of questions for a minute because uh, you mentioned Italy, uh, that, that it was uh, about your your brother. Um, as busy as you are, and, and we did mention earlier that, that you, did, you, did, you do take some trips back to San Diego, 
Um, yes. What about what about your family and all this? Because you, you're very busy, but um, you know it's it's great that you do what you do for the Alzheimer's Association as a nod to your late grandmother. May her soul rest in peace. Is is your family where where are they in all this? Well, at first. Uh, my dad was the hardest one to convince because especially when I told him I was moving to LA, he, you know, when he gets really upset at something, he does what we call the head in the hand and the head shake. So he like (laughs) sticks his head, his forehead in his hand, looks down and just shakes his head. And so to tell him I was quitting school to move to LA to, to teach dance, he's a doctor or retired now. So to tell him that that was, that was not, that didn't go very well. And then when I went back to school, I graduated, which made him very happy. And in the middle of going to school, I was that was when I started my music career. And when I told him that I wanted to you know, pursue it full time, he was like, "Okay, well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes." But it, t- it did not take him more than maybe a year of seeing how hard I worked to get him on board with awesome. this is what I'm doing. And awesome. like, he is probably. I, I can't say who was my biggest cheerleader, but be, my dad, my mom, and my brother, my parents are divorced, but they are such cheerleaders and such advocates for me. My dad, what he does is constantly send out emails when I'm back home or when I have specific shows and he, I need help promoting it. He's gotten his friends from L.A. to come see me wow. play with Roxy. Wow. I mean, super cheerleader my mom is constantly asking about the music where are you playing um you know what kind of shows you have coming up how are your songs coming along so super proud mom and my brother too my brother could not make me feel like i uh, more than how let's see could make me feel like i'm doing the right thing even more he's very supportive as well yeah it's great that that their their love for Alyssa jc the person carries over and is the same for Alyssa J.C., the singer-songwriter. That is very true. I couldn't have put that better. That's perfect. So um, you've, you've kind of thrown out a couple years here and there, and, and, and because you were just talking about uh, California, um, I want to talk about a song of yours called Drowning Me um, that you wrote that a um, couple of years ago. I think it was released last year. Now, uh, that song sounds like it's about a relationship, um, but you pick it up from there. Okay. I tread lightly when I talk too deeply on the subject because the last thing I want is for my hometown to think that I'm ripping on them. But it is, in fact, about San Diego, and it is, in fact, about the fact that I I felt like I was going to suffocate and drown had I stayed in that city. I felt like I had done anything and everything I could possibly do and the way I describe it to several people and in several interviews is that I, my head kept hitting a ceiling and there is, it was impossible to break through. And I could go left, I could go right, I could go up, and I just couldn't get out of this little bubble. And I'm, like I said earlier, I was, I'm born and raised there. I have my little group of fr- like close friends and I know all the back streets and my family's there and I went to high school and college there. and But with music for me and this is only for me I'm speaking of I just couldn't reach the level that I knew I had the potential to reach had I stayed there so Drowning Me is about the city of San Diego my experience uh, being a musician there and and so that the year that you wrote that was actually um, the same year that your album called On the Spot came out and there's a song on that album 
uh, called Down, and then in parentheses, Arms of Love. Um, that song is, is, is pretty... I'm trying to think of the word because uh, I, I, I guess it's I guess it's humbling. I guess it's courageous. Um, if you want if you want to tell the listeners what, what I'm referring to because of because of what that song is about. Sure. Um, there's only a, I mean I've written over 400 original songs, and there are certain songs that I remember the moment I wrote them, what I was looking at, whose house I was in, my apartment or my dad's house or wherever. And that song was written in San Diego in my dad's living room cold rainy day i remember looking out the window and i just like started feeling so sad and and sorry for anyone and everyone i had let down along the way of my career because i've put my career first pretty much all the time and um i that was my public apology that song uh, to to the people i've hurt since i began singing my singing career and you know so many songwriters that i work with i hear people asking them is that song about you you know or do you write your songs about yourself you know that everybody has the you know that they're trying to you know dig deep behind you know where did that song come from i'm i'm where i'm going with this is uh you have a, an album that came out in 2010 called here's to change and there's a song on that one called "Dear Life," and and that that's a that's a good example of a song that um, it's been out long enough that I'm sure you've gotten that question as, as far as whether that's about you. And so just kind of just kind of take us through, like like you just said, you know, you, you said I can always remember where I wrote each song, and and so just talk about "Dear Life" a little bit. Yeah, not not each song, but so there are certain songs that I do remember that stand out, and this is certainly one of them. I'm glad you're bringing it up because it's. Definitely not about me. It's uh, a song that I wrote about a girl who was thinking of committing suicide. I was on an airplane flying back to San Diego from Miami, Florida. I was in Miami recording in 2006, my third EP, uh, which was released called The Soul. And I remember just singing a melody in my head, and then I started writing down lyrics and thinking... One, this is a really sad song. Where is it coming from? <laughs> what the heck just happened in Miami? <laughs> what the heck just happened? I'm Okay. And then uh, the second thing was, I better make this about a 25-year-old because I'm 23 and I don't want anyone to make, anyone to try to make a connection thinking that this song's about me and think that I have some, you know, some personal issues going on. And thirdly, I hope I can play this on guitar. And when I landed and I got home, I picked up my guitar and I was very lucky that it was basically G, C, and D and like some B minors <laughs> here and there. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what that song was about. And there's back back in those days, I guess I could call it, uh, I was writing a large percentage of songs that I could personally uh, say that I had experience with, and a very small, small percentage of songs were made up stories, such as Dear Life, and it swapped after moving to Nashville and now I feel like I, and not necessarily swapped. I don't want to say that. I'll just say I've written a larger percentage now than I used to of just made up stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and still a large amount of, of stories that I've, you know, I experience or that I go through. So now I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, we've, we've just talked about three specific songs. Um, at the start of this podcast, we played your song called the light. And, and I told you in the lead up, uh, to today's interview that I remember you playing that as I sat watching you, uh, in hotel Indigo downtown in Nashville a little ways back and that I really liked it then. Uh, we're actually going to have another, 
one of Alyssa's original songs at the end of this podcast. So, Alyssa, if there's someone listening to this podcast saying, eh, you know, I like this girl, you know, the song, the song at the beginning caught my attention too, I, I want to check her out. Which one Alyssa JC song would you recommend they go buy on iTunes? Because you've put a lot of music out there, as, as I said before. And sometimes, you know, especially when you're just trying out a new artist for the first time, you get a little you know, overwhelmed by all those results that come up on iTunes. And we sure. are, we're all so busy these days that the tendency is for someone to look at that screen and go, uh, I'll, I'll just come back and check it out later. So which one song of yours should they go out and buy right now? And, and here's the kicker. Why? Number one, drowning me, hands down. That is a, that's the, that's an easy question. And I can tell you why the reason is I have never had this kind of like tsunami sized reaction to a song than I have with drowning me. Everybody ha- says something about it that my meeting with Doc McGee a couple days ago, who manages Kiss and Darius Rucker, uh, he and I have been meeting every six months for the last four or five years. And I've played him a small amount of songs, but enough for him to never say anything until he heard drowning me. Mm. And he's like, that is, a, that's a great song. And my guy from Virgin Records, same thing. That's a great song. Like anyone in the industry I've talked to, they say it's a great song. My fans love it. Sometimes it's requested twice per show. So, and it's, mm. it's just, it's my song. Like it's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I, I've alluded a couple times during the podcast to uh, kind of your shift um, as, as from what you've been doing to, to what you, for all intents and purposes, publicly announced a week ago that, that you're setting as a path now. So, so go ahead and, and um, go ahead and tell our listeners of this podcast the, the details of, of, of where Alyssa JC is headed, at, at least as of uh, that announcement a week ago. The broad answer I will give you which you may not like and listeners I'm sorry I don't I don't have a specific answer to give you I never I've never had the specific of I'm going to be this at this time I've all I've known is like just just to follow my heart which is cheesy as that sounds but it's been very obvious to me that since August of last year that I needed to get out of the hosting business and it happened as such where I let I there was a, an eight day period where I lost three of my regular gigs of either, whether it was BB Kings or hosting a live, uh, live music or whatever it was. Um, and that at that time was around 70% of my income. And I let it freak me out for 24 hours. And then the very next day I snapped out of it. And that very next month I started my mentoring business and, uh, just, just, just Alyssa, just clarify the the gigs that you lost were seventy percent of your income, or or all the hosting that you were doing was seventy percent of your income. Uh, the gigs that I lost. Okay. The gigs that I lost. So you freaked out for twenty four hours, and then mm-hmm. you then you decided to launch your mentoring. Right, right. Uh, if you let something like, like to me, after you think about it for a day, you have to look at it as something positive. Like, there's a reason why. Out of nowhere, boom, things were gone out of your life or boom, things enter into your life. And that, losing those three gigs in an eight-day span shoved me into a different mindset and a different area of thinking about what I was going to do with my career. And like I said earlier, I've never – don't want to be famous. That's not what I'm aiming for, but I know that in music I am supposed to be. And 
I know that I, I love to motivate. I'm very organized. I'm just trying to put all these different things and promoting and marketing. And how does that make me a piece of the, the music puzzle? And mentoring really ha- helped that. And if I can get out of my cushy comfort zone and leave so many of my gigs in 2013 and enter into this new era of 2014, which is what we're talking about, the other other things are going to happen, and I just have this, like I said, that feeling that like you just know something is the right thing to do. So leaving, and I feel that, leaving hosting music, hosting live music is absolutely the right thing to do. Focusing more on mentoring is absolutely the right thing to do. And um, I made a list. I have two lists, a list of 34 goals I'm going to achieve this year, and then a list of like 70-something people. Uh, that I am to contact that are in the industry to help me achieve my number one goal for 2014. And so, is that an internal goal, or or can that be stated here on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast? I can certainly share it on Now Hear <laughs> This Entertainment podcast. Uh, I have learned over the years that I don't write hit songs, so I'm not a radio writer, but what I am good at or my music could be good for tv commercials tv shows film so my number one goal is to get my music especially drowning me is my number one i'm going to try to get on a tv show in a commercial or in a movie outstanding and you will and you will i will you will thank you Alyssa. this has been wonderful is there anything else that you want to talk about that we have not covered because you are just a, a fountain of information. You're an inspiration. Uh, truly, this this podcast can be listened to by business people who, who just need to find that fire uh, to run their business better. Um, have, have we touched on everything you wanted to or, or is there anything you'd like to leave with? Yeah, I'd like to talk about thanking you for having me on here. <laughs> well, I think we have time I- for that. <laughs> Seriously, though, it was really nice to see your email, and it, um, I can see that you're a very big supporter of, of several several artists, and I'm glad to be one of them, and it's really great that you have created Now Hear This for people such as myself, and I hope that it continues to be something that you love to do, and you're great at it. You're, you're connecting subjects. Your in-between comments have been, like, perfect Thank so you. i appreciate that Thank a lot you. it's been really nice well, it's been my pleasure and uh i will see you again soon when i when i come back to nashville uh i would like to now do my diligence and thank Alyssa and tell you again listeners to please check her out at alyssajc.com and that is a-l-y-s-s-a and then j-a-c-e-y uh, and of course she is all over social media Please, please interact, follow her, watch her videos on YouTube, uh, support Alyssa. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from today's guest, Alyssa Jacy. This is called Drowning Me. There's no other way to put this. I'm leaving you tonight. The strong only get.
stronger when their heart's not soaked in wine. I faked that I loved you Cause I like the look that you gave Every time you caught yourself Taking my breath away Let go one day. 